Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I loved it in Jersey, and they've been, they've been great to me, but uh, you can't ask to go to a better spot, and I'm, uh, I'm really excited to get there and join the team. The past few years have been kind of frustrating for the Kings, and um, they're doing what they're doing now, so um, to be here in, uh, in the race, don't want to take it for granted. I can't wait to, to get out there. I mean, obviously, the opportunity, the team, the group. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, what, what an opportunity. Oh, players are moving. They're talking about their new teams, their old teams. Welcome to uh, another edition of Our Line Starts. I'm Fried here with Mike Milbury, Keith Jones, Bob McKenzie. We are just a few days away. If you're listening to this right as it drops, we're five days away from the trade deadline. This is an exciting time. I, I am hoping at some point, Bob, your phone will go off and we will be alerted to a trade mid-podcast. Let's hope so. <laughs> so I'm uh, proud to join the podcast. I here, Mike, this is where the big money is. In big money, yeah. yeah. I, I bring it up constantly, but nobody listens to me, Bob. What else is new, right? Uh, so, so what do we think? all the way from Toronto. I think they'd give you a couple shekels to do this show. No. Uh, nice get, cup of coffee. You get water. Yeah, water Duncan. and coffee. We got plenty of that here. Um, okay. We're going to get in. There's, there's so many rumors that are out there right now. There's sure. some trades that have happened, but we think many trades that are still on the horizon. But first, I... I kind of want to get your guys' feeling. The trade deadline comes, and I think as a fan, it's super exciting. As a player, as a coach, as a reporter, what are what are the feelings, Keith? Like, what are the feelings when you're actually in it and not just a, a bystander well, watching it? All? As a player, there's anticipation that if your team looks like they have a legitimate chance to win the Stanley Cup, that your team, your general manager, will go out and make a deal. Uh, so there's a lot of eyes on certain movement around the National Hockey League. And when you see a team that you're competing with make a trade that makes them better, you raise that expectation that your general manager is going to do something to equal that. I never felt like it was going to be me, but for the guys that are on that list that have expiring contracts, I'm sure it's pretty nerve-wracking and can be disappointing when you lose a key member of your team. So there's a lot of different emotions that go on with it. You know, only one team wins a Stanley Cup. And there's how many moves already? A half dozen or so. And some of them are extraordinarily expensive. Um, and as a manager, you really have to be careful where you tread. And uh, it's a lot easier to be a seller at the deadline than it is to be a buyer. The sellers really can wreak, wreak some pretty good benefits from being in that position. But I think Keith is right. When you're uh, feeling like your team has a chance you have an expectation that your general manager will step up and, and, and say, yeah, I believe in you guys too, and this is how much we believe in you, and you get a whoever it might be, a Chris Kreider who's not moved yet, or a Martinez, or and Blake Coleman, but it does make a statement to the team that, that says the general manager believes in you. If you're in the media, it's the, one of the busiest times of the year. Um, and so for the whole month of February, everything from, from February 1st on to the trade deadline, it's almost exclusively the media's focus is who's getting traded, who's not getting traded, 
um, you know, and the rumors that go with it and chasing all that stuff. So it's, a, you know, just busier than it would normally be. Yeah. I wouldn't say, I'm trying to think if it's really the busiest time of the year because honestly, the period between the NHL draft and free agent day, free agent day on July 1st, and, and from the draft forward where the shopping period happens for the free agents, it's, there's probably more things going on of greater magnitude at that time of the year than there is the trade deadline. I used to cynically joke that the trade deadline was all of us getting really, really, really excited on deadline day for a bunch of deals that if they happened on October 15th or November 30th, you'd go, oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, but we're waiting for that alert from Bob McKenzie on our phone. Well, uh, it's also timing, too, because <laughs> the season's almost over. So the, the thing about the trade deadline is once the trade deadline's over, that's it. You can look at every roster in the NHL, and it's set. Yeah. So outside of somebody you've got on your reserve list you bring from Europe or college or whatever, everybody knows exactly what everybody else has, and now you can kind of handicap what the race is to make the playoffs and then who's going to make noise in the playoffs. They're gearing up, and teams have already geared up so far. We, uh, we had a story yesterday that you broke uh, of a trade that was uh, possibly going to go down, and today it is official that it is going down with Vegas beefing up. They're getting Alex Mar or Alec Martinez from L.A., so L.A. is... Clearly in sell mode at this point. They've uh, made another deal. Now uh, going to uh, Vegas is Martinez. What more can you add about that whole thing? Yeah, pretty straightforward. Two second-round picks the Vegas Golden Knights gave up for Alec Martinez. And this is a a good deal for Vegas because um, Martinez has another year left on his contract after this year. So it's not just the pure rental. And so Kelly McCrimmon in Vegas knows that they've needed help on the blue line that uh, they've been a little shy in that area this year, and there's been a lot of inconsistency. So Martinez should help. He's he's a champion. He's won a cup, um, more than one, and uh, and knows what that drive is all about. So they get him for this run in the playoffs and all of next season as well. And from the Kings' perspective, it's just continuing down the path. Rob Blake's doing a pretty good job here of retooling. I was just looking on my way in. Somebody chronicled everything that Blake has gotten for Jack Campbell, and um, Kyle, Clifford. Kyle Clifford and uh, Martinez and Toffoli. And, you know, it's a, a nice package of younger players. Tyler Madden, who's a prospect. Trevor Moore, who's in their lineup now. And then, like, a whole whack of second and third round picks. Um, and that, you know, that's how you accelerate a rebuild, to, to have 10, 12 picks in one draft. And, you know, that's how you replenish the cupboard. And they've already got some good young players in Ontario. They're going to call up now and get spots on the roster that were previously given to guys like Clifford and Toffoli and Martinez. So what do you think of Vegas, their end of it now? How, how complete are they, Keith? Well, we just watched them. Mike and I watched them beat the Capitals the other day. And we, the one thing you asked us after the game, what, what do they need? And mm. we set a defenseman. And Martinez is a perfect fit. I mean, this is a team that's built to win the Stanley Cup this year. They were built to win it last year and lost out to San Jose in that difficult uh, way in Game 7. They are a very good team with a really good head coach in Peter DeBoer, and now they have a piece that DeBoer is very familiar with from his time in San Jose playing against the Kings, and Martinez is very familiar with the Las Vegas or with the Vegas lineup as well. So I think he fits in seamlessly, and I think it's an important piece that they needed to address defensively. They haven't been as good as they can be, and I think Martinez will help them in that regard. Where's Dallas in all this mess? Yeah, you know what? It's funny because, you know, they're obviously a team. You look at the stand, everybody talks about St. Louis, and rightfully so. But Dallas is right there, and they've got a game in hand. Um, so that, that division, by the way, St. Louis, Dallas, and Colorado, there's three heavyweights. And to think that 
No, that, it was last year everybody kind of looked at the Atlantic and saw Boston, Tampa Bay, yeah. Boston, and Toronto. And obviously Boston emerged from that. The, the power alley in the West this year seems to go right through that central division. And so I'll be curious to see what, uh, what Dallas does. Dallas is a weird team to me because they've, um, you know, they're doing so well. And yet at any given time, I mean, Taylor, Tyler Sagan went like two months without a goal. Yep. You know, Jamie Benn wasn't playing well for, for quite some time. You, you went down the list of things that are wrong with Dallas and then you look at the standings and they go, nothing wrong with them. It's kind of the same list that was wrong with St. Louis last year, yeah. right? Like Tarasenko yeah. wasn't scoring at the same yeah. rate, and all of a sudden they started scoring at the right time. And Dallas is the one team that, uh, talking to some of the coaches in the Western Conference, that every team fears. They're the one team that nobody wants to play. And they're starting to kind of rise to the top right now. And they are deep at But nobody's position. watching them. Nobody's no, got their perfect, eyeballs on right? it. It's just like Washington a couple of years ago when they finally had lowered expectations and they managed to win a Stanley yeah, Cup. It's funny how that works. You always think, you know, San Jose used to be like that. San Jose's the team to beat. San Jose's coming. San Jose, and you forget about them. And then the, the year everybody forgot about them, they got to the Cup Final and almost beat Pittsburgh. So, so you look at the Central. You do. You got the Blues. You got the Stars you just mentioned. And then you have the Avalanche, perhaps the, the most talented team in the division when they're all healthy. But right now you got Grubauer, who was out, Rantanen, who might be out for eight-plus weeks Whoops, at this point. my phone. It's, it's, is it ringing? It's, it's so hot. It's vibrating. Is there a text on there? It's on. I don't have it on vibrate. I've got it on explode. That's the most. You have to protect that thing hey, with all your Talking life. about Colorado. Yes. I was just clumsy. I knocked Okay. Over. No, no we're, text. We're spitballing on the air the okay. other day about Colorado. Grubauer goes down. Do you think there'd be any chance Lundquist would say yes to a trade? I mean, the three-goalie system, I don't care how they paint it with roses, it's not going to be any – it's no good. So and let, and, and let, it's no good for them to give away a young goaltender that has potential, yep. Georgiev, yep. and another guy, Shea Storkin, who's supposedly going to be their guy, but, you know, if he yep. falters, you never know with those goalies. Could it possibly be in the realm of – I I would severely doubt that we're going to see that by Monday. Um, let's look at this for a number of ways. Okay, Colorado's interesting, and, and you're right. Some people wonder, would they go out and get, like, a really big-time goaltender like Lundqvist? Here's the thing. Lundqvist hasn't played since, what, played a couple Early of games. Early February. January. He's only played two games since January the 11th. Um, you know, he's got a full no-move clause. He's not going anywhere unless he wants to go somewhere. But it's pretty obvious that the Rangers' preferred solution to the three-headed monster is push this off to the summer and and either buy out Henrik Lundqvist or Henrik Lundqvist comes to the Rangers and say, uh, I will move to go to the right team for my final year. Um, Why not take two kicks at the can? Well, yeah, but I'm not saying it's out of the question, I guess, but I don't think, I don't think Lundqvist, Lundqvist could, I guess, but at this point, not anticipating it. And th this whole thing, it's really fascinating to me the way this Lundqvist thing's playing out because he's always had legacy status with the New York Rangers. And yet now the reality is he's the number three guy. And, you know, he can't be very happy. He's got to be frustrated with the way it's going. Yeah, so proud, so, so, so established Hall of Famer. So, you know, and there, was a, there were rumors, and let me stress rumors, a few weeks ago about the whole what if Lundqvist went and, and that would be a good fit for Colorado. And at the time, you could rationalize it that way. So here's another one. So 
Mark Bergevin, the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens, he's in, he was in Colorado the other night, I think it was a Monday night game, back again tonight. So everybody's going nuts trying to figure out who from the Montreal Canadiens, you know, could it be Thomas Tatar? Could it be Max Domi? Could it be um, Jeff Petrie? Could it be Jonathan Drouin? Could it be Kovalchuk, although Kovalchuk wouldn't fetch a roster player from Colorado. You, you don't need to spend two nights in Colorado watching the Avs to make a Kovalchuk rental deal at the deadline. Um, and then people are saying, what about Carey Price? Say to your point, different situation because Lundqvist has one year left at eight and change, and Carey Price is just starting his $10 million-plus deal for many years to come. How many years? Six, uh, seven? I forget exactly what it is, but it's a lot. Mm. So anyways, um, Price also has a full no-move clause. And, and it started everybody kind of dreaming in Technicolor about what these types of deals might look like. And Kerry Price has the full no-move. Um, I'm curious once the season's over. I don't expect anything to happen with any of these big goalies by Monday. But once the season is over, I'll be really curious to see where Kerry Price's mindset is at, publicly and privately. Where's Shea Weber's mindset? Montreal Canadiens are going to be, miss the playoffs this year, probably. It'll be the fourth time in five years they've missed the playoffs. It's not probable anymore. It's yeah, so very exactly. likely. Exactly. I mean, and, and are these guys getting any younger? No, they're no. not. Hmm. So, so are they, if, are they, if they're content being the mentors and the stabilizers on a rebuild in Montreal, because that's basically what it is. And they're going to continue to push more kids up through the system. The Russian defenseman Alexander Romanov should be there next year. He's a good one. And that, if are they content to do that? And if they are, that's fine. But nothing happens unless these guys say it needs to happen. And I'd be really curious to see what their mindset is at. And what makes the Avalanche the intriguing team to talk about is they have a lot of cap space. Yes. So they can go out and do this. And yeah, although they feel like it's, it's fleeting. Yeah, well, the window will close. Because Kale McCarr is going right. to need a deal. Gerard will need a deal. And, and uh, you know, they just signed, uh, got the rant and an extension done. So there's going to be a lot of young guys coming through their system that are going to su- suck up that cap. So the, the is, this one, al- is this almost with the injuries, though? A, a that's lost part of second it. half of the year then? It's I mean, also, what, what, a, what it's, can it's also a visual look from Joe Sackick, who won multiple Stanley Cups with the Avalanche, yep. and they were a busy team yeah. at the trade deadline. Yeah, no doubt. Ray Bork, Rob Blake. I mean, they went out and made big deals. Yeah, and I, I, don't, I don't doubt that they, they were in on Blake Coleman, my understanding. In fact, there were initial reports that's where Coleman was going, was to Colorado. And I've got to believe that they're in on Kreider, Chris Kreider from the Rangers. Yeah. I've got to believe What's they're... What's the price going to be there? It's going to be a first-round pick, a prospect, and some other piece and some other piece could be a player, it could be a, a lower-level prospect, it could be a lower-level draft pick, and there might be a conditional pick in there, too, mm-hmm. that if you re-sign him. And Kreider's a free agent to be. He's free agent to be. And so that's a high price. He's sort of the number one guy. Absolutely, it's a high price. i got to believe the Boston Bruins are interested in Kreider. I've got to believe the Colorado Avalanche are interested. I believe the New York Islanders have interest. Wow. I don't know what kind of premium the New York Islanders would have to pay to get a deal done with the New York Rangers. I think it would have to be a lot. Because I think if you're the Rangers, the, the, the notion of Kreider coming in as an Islander, I don't know. I'm just not sure about that. The Washington Capitals, I believe, have shown some interest in Chris Kreider. And I think the St. Louis Blues have had interest, although General Manager Doug Armstrong said after the Scandella deal yesterday that it wouldn't surprise him 
if that was the last deal they made before the deadline. So, so many teams interested, it seems likely that one of those teams would eventually meet the price at the Rangers? I would think so. You think? Okay. I would absolutely think so. There's, you know, and, and now keep in mind, teams like Boston and Colorado, what we've seen here is you've got your rentals, and there's a big price for them. But when we saw New Jersey trade Blake Coleman um, uh, in, in, in that deal, um, you saw where teams are saying it would be really good if we could get a guy who's got term left. Mm-hmm. And so there are guys like that out there. So now the question I would ask is, would New Jersey do the same thing with Kyle Palmieri that they just did with Blake Coleman? Mm. Very similar in terms of the offensive output, almost identical. Yeah. And how much does Tom Fitzgerald have to play with? Is he the general manager? He's, he's fully the general manager. You know, that Coleman deal was a big deal. The Andy Green deal was a big deal. Um, he doesn't want to trade Paul Mary. Like, he's not sitting there saying, I got to trade Kyle Paul Mary. Because the way Fitzgerald looks at it, he wants to get more younger guys in that are in the same age range as Jack Hughes to Nico Heashier. So anywhere from 18 to 24, 25. Mm-hmm. And then those guys all grow old together. So he wants to surround more young talent around Hughes and Heashier. Um, you know, Paul Mary's a good player. And in order to let that group develop... Tom Fitzgerald might say we need to have some men on the team. That is, older guys that have some stiffness to their game. And, and so that's why he's not eager to trade Paul Mary. But as soon as he got the first-round pick and Nolan Foote from Tampa, he said, i got to trade Coleman even though he's got a year left. He's a real valuable guy. And the same thing could happen if he gets the right offer for a high pick and a really good prospect. Paul Mary could go out the door. Um, Sammy Vatnin is a rental. He'll likely be traded, although he's injured right now. He's probably a week, maybe more, from coming back. Um, so, and Wayne Simmons. Vancouver's interested in Wayne Simmons. So he's another possibility. So New Jersey could still be very busy. So to answer your question, Jonesy, yeah, they've fully given Fitzy the keys to the, the team bus. And, and, and Vancouver's a great example of a team that did enough this year to... As, as a team and press their general manager. And due to injury, there's some availability, yep. right? There's some opportunity. So yeah. Simmons will replace yeah. Furland, right? Yeah, to see, He's yeah. Been so bad all year, has he not? Better Who's lately. Simmons, Simmons better yeah. Better lately. Yeah, he'd been better lately. Um, Tyler Toffoli comes in and basically replaces Brock Besser, who's mm-hmm. done for the rest of the regular season. If they can make the playoffs and Besser comes back and then you have Toffoli on top of that, that's great. Furland is done for the year. And um, with concussion problems. And so, yeah, they're looking at Simmons as, as an option to fill that. And they're not really thinking Stanley Cup now, right? They're thinking mm-hmm. maybe we can get a run in here. We they, can get we, a, a run both. is important You're to right. their team. Making the playoffs is really important to them. Because, they're you know, they went out and got Tyler Myers in the offseason. They made the JT Miller trade a couple of years ago. They went out and paid heavily, overpaid in term and money for guys like Beagle and Roussel to bolster the bottom half of their roster. And now they've got the kids in Pedersen, Besser, and Hughes that they believe are the foundational building blocks. So now they're aggressively trying to push this past the rebuild stage into let's make the playoffs, let's make some noise and, and see what happens. I want to ask you about a team that is currently in playoff position and maybe has shown enough to their, their team, their GM, uh, that they, uh, they deserve a little boost, the Philadelphia Flyers, the team Keith you're very familiar with. But I do want to mention to everyone a quick programming note. This Saturday is the 40th anniversary of the miracle on ice that was 40 years ago the goalie from that gold medal winning u.s team jim craig was a guest on this week's golf channel podcast 411 great name 
with Chantel McCabe. So you can check that out. That was 40 years ago. 40 years ago, the miracle on ice. We're still saying it. Do you believe in miracles? Nope. Oh, come on. Uh, what, about, what about Philadelphia? They, uh, they've been playing pretty well. Uh, they are currently third in the Metro. So uh, what, what moves might they be making? Philadelphia would like to add um, some depth up front. Um, I think they feel good about their defense. I think they feel good about their goaltender. Um, I think, you know, they would love a third-line center. They'd love to get J.G. Pajot from the Ottawa Senators, but Kreider and Pajot are probably the top two rental forwards, and I think Ottawa's angling for a first-round pick, and I don't believe Philadelphia is going to want to give up a first-round pick for a rental. Um, that they still feel like, you know what, yeah, we're a good team, and we've got a chance to make the playoffs, but we're going to be that much better a team if we hold on to our first-round pick for the next couple of years and and build this thing that way. But, you know, the, the, I think they'll add some depth, but I think they want to do it for lesser prices than a first-round pick. And they did most of their work in the offseason, and all those moves paid off. Yeah. Justin Braun's played very well. Yeah. They picked him up from San Jose in Kevin the offseason. Kevin Hayes they signed as a free agent. Tyler Pitlick has played very yeah. well, who they traded for from uh, Dallas at that point. And um, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, Nolan Patrick, continuing to practice. He's not cleared for contact, but he's been involved in some battle drills in practice. Maybe they're crossing their fingers that maybe at some point here in the next number of days, weeks, whatever, he'll be a player for them. And if he is, even if he starts as a fourth line guy, if he if if he's healthy and can ramp back up to speed because he's missed the whole year, had no training camp, hasn't played all year, you know, might he be able to be sort of a deadline acquisition? who comes in before the end of the regular season and gives them a little bit of a push. Mike, let me throw a team at you here. If you were running the Chicago Blackhawks, would you be buying or selling right now? Well, they're, they're not going to make the playoffs. I mean, they came off this road trip one and four. If they were going to make the playoffs, they would have had to be over 500 on this road trip. And they were three points out. I think it was like a week and a half yeah, ago. Yeah, and then they, they couldn't get the job done. So, I mean... They have to be thinking of, you know, unloading talent that they don't think they can use going forward. But I don't know if they have a lot of people in that category. Well, I mean, they've got some rentals. They've got Eric Gustafson on defense, who some people might want as a depth defenseman. Yeah, really deep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> points last year, though. You know, what, you know what I'm wondering is I'm going to throw a name out, and I'm not saying that he'll move, but I am saying that um, if you – if you want to continue to, you know, they're kind of doing a, a soft rebuild in mm-hmm. Chicago. And they brought in some good young players, obviously. Um, if you want to keep going down that road, they need more bullets. So they need more young players, prospects, or they need more draft picks. Brandon Saad's got a year left on his deal at $6 million. And I'm curious. I would imagine that teams, as we talked about before, the Boston Bruins... The Colorado Avalanche, you know, might those teams be more inclined to give up something of significance for a guy who's got a year left on his deal that's won a cup? That, and, you know, he was injured earlier in the season, but he's put up some been some decent numbers since then. I think he's got 18 goals in 45 games. Mm-hmm. And a lot of playoff experience. And a lot of playoff experience and can skate. And, and I don't know how committed Chicago is to necessarily trading him. But I got to believe they're getting calls on them, and I got to believe they're going to listen, especially with the prices being what they are, running on the high side. 
if Chicago could add a really good prospect and a really good draft pick, might that be something that would happen? It, it falls into the same category as Paul Mary, basically. Yep. Same type of player, same really same yep. type of salary and same yes. opportunity for someone that gets them with some term and is going to have to pay a lot more in prospects, and that makes a lot of sense. This yeah. is a slippery slope time, isn't it? There's a ton of mistakes that are made at this time, a ton of them. Yeah, and, although and there's probably more excited. on July 1, but... Yeah, maybe, maybe. But you're right. you're free-free, right? But you're right, because there are a lot of guys that, that are going to blow their brains out on a rental, and they're going to get through. See, to, to give you an example, Jonesy's around Philadelphia a lot. So Chuck Fletcher's the general manager in Philadelphia. He was the general manager in Minnesota. When he was in Minnesota, he gave up a first-round pick for Martin Hansel. Mm-hmm. They, got, they got banged in the first round right out. That didn't work. Yep. Um, you know, Matt Molson was another rental he picked up. It didn't work, although he got Cody McCormick the same year, I think. And Cody McCormick helped them win the first-round series that year against uh, Colorado, I believe. Um, so he's had some bad experiences where he was going all in in Minnesota because, you know, the direction from ownership is push it. Let's go. We want to win the cup. Let's do it. And everybody's on board. And then you give up a first-round pick for Martin Hansel, and it doesn't work out. And it's like, yeah, that wasn't such a good idea. How many cups you think were lost by teams that didn't do something at mm. the deadline? You can't uh, measure you it, You can't right? ever measure it. You see the ones that it worked for, like the yeah. Mark Recchi-type deals that yeah, come across. Absolutely. And Doug Waite and yeah. Carolina back in the day. There's been yeah. a lot that have pushed teams over the top. But, but it's funny, some of the recent teams in, in recent years – I think Julian Brisbois was quoted in a story in The Athletic uh, earlier talking about, you know, he analyzed the last 10 years or whatever and, and was looking at the rental market. And he was looking at the teams that won. And the teams that won more often than not didn't, weren't the teams that gave up a first-round pick and a prospect to get a guy. So the year Washington won, Kempney was their big ad, and he was really, really good. But he was a third-round pick. You know, that was a depth ad. And he turned out to be played top four minutes for them in their their run to the cup. So, you know, and last year, Boston came close. Boston went out and made the Charlie Coyle deal, which was a hockey deal, and then signed him long term. But they went out and got Marcus Johansson. That was a great pickup. Yeah. He really helped them. They almost won the cup. Can they get him again? (laughs) Yeah, what about Boston? Hey, listen, they got to be looking real hard because... You know, every team says, well, you know what, if we don't get anything done, we're happy with our team. I can't imagine people in Boston will be happy with the Bruins. No, people in Boston won't be. And I don't think, I don't think the key guys should be happy either. I mean, Bergeron, 35-ish, mm-hmm. or 34, yeah. and Krejci, that window is starting Chara. to come down. Char, yeah. too, and, and so... And so, what they, they've been in a constant cycle of trying to find a winger who can play with DeBrusque and Krejci. That's right. So yeah. it started with Rick Nash. Right, and that didn't work out too well. Right, and then they got Coyle, and people thought it might be Coyle, and then Coyle played down third the line, line a little player. bit. He's a third line. Yeah, Coyle played down Good the line one. a little bit, and then, you know, Johansson was in there for a bit. Or, but but they, they've constantly been rotating that second-line winger. And the guys that they've rotated in now, they can't find one, whether it's whoever it might right. be, Heinen, York. They, they spent the money on Bacchus. Yeah. They took a shot that he might be that guy. Right. And that didn't work out. They've tried. I that mean, was, they've a, that was a, that was was. a tough deal. But, uh, but you know what? I did talk to Bruce Cassidy in the last little while, and I said, you know, we've seen Krejci play with Postenach and play very, very well. Yeah. I said, what happens if at the deadline... Would you move Krejci 
or Pasternak down to Krejci's line, and then you've got a set Marchand and Bergeron. You've got Krejci, yeah, and then you got. And he said, he actually said something very interesting. He said, you know, I might not be really comfortable with Dabrowski and and Krejci and Pasternak from a defensive position, so I might actually think moving him with Coyle. So the wheels are turning in Boston for. For an event, a non-event, something that doesn't happen. But turn if you can go out and pick up a player right now yeah. that just kind of fits? Like there's, yeah, but the, that's the, the, the Kreider for. Fits I mean, perfect. he got hit. He got he got a, he got hot rather at the right time, right? I mean, yeah. he was not playing very well, uh, no. and he's going to cost a ton of money. Yeah. Uh, next year. Yeah, so. yeah, well, they, and he's they, from Boston. They're probably, Boston I can't imagine they'd be able to re-sign him, but you never, never say never because in the salary cap world, it's always a discretionary thing. You can always just say, we're getting rid of this guy, this guy, and this guy to make room for this guy, but uh, it'd be it, tough. If Jimmy Rutherford was running the Boston Bruins, he's making a trade for a left winger that can play on that line or a right winger, whatever right winger. that second line. Yeah. He's making they're it. Just he, but he's at a different point. They've talked about life And the team in Pittsburgh. Yeah, but uh, in, in, some ways, spot, in some ways, they, though, Boston's not that far off. Like and the Penguins. They, they are. Like you, you mentioned, Bergeron and Charles. Top record in the league, right? And that, so, yeah. And, and listen... You know, in fairness to, to Don Sweeney and the Bruins, it's not like they sat on their hands. You know, they made the Nash deal. Mm-hmm. You know, they made the they made the the Coil deal. They made the Johansson deal. They they've not just sat there and done nothing. Right. It just you know other teams are adding, and there's been this flurry of activity for the past four or five days, and Boston's not been a part of it. So you can see in the Boston media, it's like they're getting antsy. They're like, okay, what about we? Because there was some talk that Boston was in on Brendan Dillon, and you know, so it, it's it's an interesting and talk about Josh Anderson, who's been hurt, but I don't know if yeah. that's going to work out for them. That's kind of a that's a very dangerous if he wasn't situation. Hurt, he'd be, yeah, he'd be exactly. A bad exactly, he's coming off a bad yeah. shoulder, and everybody thinks he's ready to go, but he doesn't think he's ready just yet. That that one's fraught with peril that you're trading for a guy at the deadline that hasn't played for a while. And let's be honest, you know, that's that's almost more of a futures deal because. You got to be prepared. He, Josh Anderson had one goal in 26 games before he got injured. Yeah, so obviously he was playing hurt. Yeah, because so. he's too good of a player to have yeah, one goal. Exactly. But he would be a perfect mm. Bruin. Yeah. Uh, but you're gonna you're gonna have to pay, and he's not gonna take. And he's got our right. He'll fight you. He'll, he'll yeah, fight exactly. For his cash. He's done Ex- it before. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. so how long yeah. does this podcast go that we don't get paid for? Are they much longer? They, I got I got one, I got one more team. I got one more team I want to talk about here. I got another team because you, you, Boston may be justified in in standing pat, even though they're fans don't want that. We we saw a team last night that it appears needs to do something to shake it up, and, and Sheldon Keefe was uh, despondent after Toronto's. A game yesterday, just defensively. They can score with the best of them, but just defensively for them, there's serious issues there. What do you see with the Maple Leafs and what they may do? Well, I, I don't think that the Leafs are in the mindset of we must do something by Monday to correct what's wrong with the team because what they need to do by Monday might not be available to them. And that is, for weeks now, they've been looking for a right-shot defenseman with term that can play in their top four that you could put on a pair with Morgan Riley and... And for the next one, two, three, four years, whatever the case may be, it's not an easy needle to thread because those relatively young defensemen, they know they're going to have to give up a Kasperi Kapanen to do it. Um, but they've also been decimated with injuries. That's not an excuse just to point out that, you know, a lot of their forward depth, that, that um, Ilya Mikheyev was a real good player for mm-hmm. them. And then he got his, his wrist sliced up and he hasn't played and won't play probably for a while. They, Andreas Janssen, they just announced, out six months knee surgery. 
So a lot of the forward depth that the Toronto Maple Leafs had has dissipated because of injury. And so now you, I, I think they'd be fine trading Kapanen for who hasn't played well at all this year. His numbers are way off. But I think they'd be fine trading him for the right defenseman. They just haven't found the right defenseman. It's hard to find that right-handed shooting defenseman yeah, still, right? It, it, it really yeah. is. So. All right, Mike, I've got about 13 more questions here to go. And then yeah, well, we'll, I have to take we'll a call, so I'll make oh, it no. three. All right, that's it. That's a, that was a lot of information, Bob. Great, great stuff. Oh, nothing Mike. from us. Don't, don't worry about us. No, I don't have anything to do. <laughs> Who's that you guy? stuck Thanks. around, which I feel, Louis. Yeah, I know, right? I'll remind you later on. Uh, that is it for another episode of Our Line Starts. Remember, we've got new episodes drop every Wednesday. You can subscribe for automatic downloads wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you next time, everyone. <laughs>